Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Late Show with Chris and Craig. Uh, we got a lot going on tonight. Um, we're going to do a mock draft with Peter Holland. Um, Craig, get your mock draft ready. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we've also got Dave McElvray uh, from uh, the Boston Marathon. You might remember we talked to him last year. Loves having him on, and it's great to have him back on again. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Chris? Fantastic. How are you feeling? I got to ask. This was Marathon 51. I, I think the marathon was what, a week and a half ago? Yeah, a week and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a week this past Monday. So I feel great. Yeah, I ran my 51st consecutive Boston Marathon. Um, it was, you know, it was a tough one because it was a long day and I didn't start till two or three in the afternoon, didn't finish till around seven or eight o'clock at night. Um but, uh, you know, it was a little bit cold, a little bit rainy, but we got through it, and uh, all's well right now. So how long did you run it in this time? Uh, a little under five hours. Um, okay. I, I used to do it twice as fast, but I'm getting older, and it's getting – it seems like it's getting longer, but obviously it's not. But that's what happens when you get to be my age. Yeah, no, we got to ask you, um, because Craig needs to know this. How old are you now, uh, Dave? 68. 68. Wow. Yeah. Craig, can you imagine running a marathon at 68? No. <laughs> no. Definitely can't. And uh, it's, it's a great story of you're sharing that, uh, that you're able to do that and, uh, you know, stay active and, you know, really support that Boston strong. Yeah. Yeah. Remind us, what's the Boston Marathon Day for you? Because you're the race director of the whole race. So obviously you're making sure the race goes out off okay and everything. When do you start your day? Like when are you yeah. at the race? Well, I get up probably around three and okay. then head out to the start around four, get there and um, just make sure the team is all set and equipment is, you know, in place and we're ready to go. I start off at, um, is the first the first group that goes off is uh, military marshal um, marches. They're about fifty National Guard soldiers that walk the course. So I send them off at uh, six a.m. Okay. And then there's a whole schedule of um, divisions that go off. Um, the wheelchairs men took off at nine o two. The wheelchair women took off at nine o five. The hand cycles and duos took off at nine thirty. The professional men at 9.37, professional women, 9.47, para-athletes at 9.50, and then we have four waves. Wave one went off at 10, wave two went off at 10.25, wave three went off at 10.50, and wave four went off at 11.15. So as you can tell, I, I kind of know this event oh, yeah. pretty well by now. Well, you've been doing it 35 years. Hopefully yeah. you kept the same traditions and make it easier. Yeah, yeah, that's great. How, how many um, estimated runners were there this year? Well, we accepted a little over 30,000, and wow. typically there's a 8 to 12% no-show rate, typically. Okay. So if it's a 10% no-show rate with 30,000 people, that's 27,000 actually show up and run the course. Do you have to run a certain time on the marathon to qualify? Because I mean, yeah. this is the premier marathon in America, so you can't just take me and Craig. I mean, yeah, it's the only uh, marathon effectively in the world other than the Olympic marathon where you have to meet certain standards based on your gender and based on your age. So 
Okay. If you're a male, uh, you know, under 30, then you have to run in the three-hour three, three hour range. If wow. you're a female over 50, maybe it's more like four hours. So every age and in, in the gender uh, associated, you know, has a different standard you have to meet to qualify to be able to apply to enter the race. And then we have our charity program too. So about 80% of the runners who run qualify and 20% get in on an invitational waiver. And the majority of them are charity runners raising money for various causes. And ironically, I just emailed our charity coordinator just to ask her how much money so far has been raised by runners in our race last Monday. And it's uh, over 37 million so far. Fantastic. That's great. Um, did you do you guys have a fair share of celebrities? I'm I remember reading once. I don't know if you came to yours or New York, maybe. Um, I know Ashton Kutcher ran one recently. Uh, yeah, it's different with us only because I think a lot of celebrities would love to run Boston, but they don't want to be called out in a sense yeah. of with everyone having to have to qualify or the majority of them. Then all of a sudden, you're like, how'd this celebrity person get in? They didn't run a qualifying time, so. We do get our fair share, but probably not as many as a New York does or a Chicago does. Um, one of the sort of celebrities that ran this year became a good friend of mine leading up to the marathon. He had reached out to me about some training tips, and it was the former um, uh, NFL hockey player, Sedano Chara. He played for the oh, Bruins yeah. yeah. for 25 years, was the captain. And he said, you know, he made a commitment. He wanted to run the marathon. So he trained and he trained and he was doing 20 mile runs and 22 mile runs along the course. And um, I mean, he's, and so he ran it and he did it in three hours and 38 minutes and probably was the tallest runner. We don't have statistics on this, but he might've been <laughs> the tallest runner ever to run the Boston marathon. He's six foot nine. Yeah. Pretty fast story. Is it harder if you're taller? I'd imagine. I don't know. I, I'm hmm. so short. I wouldn't know what it's like to yeah. be tall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe their leg length is so much greater, but you know, they weigh more, and you yeah, got to carry guy. that with you for 26 miles. So, I it, it probably evens out in the end. You know. Well, you scared me for a second. I thought you were going to say your your good friend Tom Brady came back to run. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's <was> like <laughs> to be quite honest, you for Boston. That's interesting because his sisters have running the marathon and oh. um i remember maybe 10 years ago 12 years ago he was actually sitting in the in the bleaches you oh. know with a, with a hat on glasses trying to be a little bit incognito and he was watching his sisters running in the marathon crossing the finish line when he announced his retirement i reached out to one of his sisters and i said okay is he ready now and they said, well, maybe not quite just yet, but you never know. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if one year, whenever that might be, he might give this a, a try. I, I'd love to see, you know, you had obviously the horrible incident from years back. But, you know, David Ortiz made a great, you know, the Boston Strong and yeah. everything. Man, it'd be great to see David Ortiz involved. I, I can't imagine him running the marathon, but no, he maybe was the he could grand run like the first mile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he showed up at the start and he was mm -hmm. the grand marshal, rode down the course in the vehicle and all that. He's been a great supporter. He has his charity is a 
is a charity in the, in the race too. So he has a vested interest in the marathon. And obviously given what happened 10 years ago, <clears throat> um, he was obviously a factor in the whole Boston strong movement, you know? So yeah, it was good to have him this year. Definitely. Uh, you know, part of your amazing story is you're a cancer survivor. And I know sometimes if you're a cancer survivor, you don't want to do anything, but you know, you've come back, you're, you're running the marathon, you're running in all the races in a row. Um, tell me about your charity. I, I was intrigued. I saw a tweet saying you're raising money for charity. Tell us about the charity. And how yeah. you involved. Well, first of all, just, just for disclosure, I, 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 not a cancer survivor, but I did have open heart triple bypass surgery. Oh, yes. Yeah, a few years ago. So I was diagnosed with severe coronary artery disease. And, okay. you know, I I, ha I had to have, a, you know, the operation. And and so I did. And then six months later, I was able to, you know, get back, recover enough to run the marathon. So, so yeah, that's how I've been able to do it 51 years. But I have my own <clears throat> nonprofit foundation called the Dave McGillivray Finish Strong Foundation. And the whole idea of the foundation is, you know, when I was a young boy growing up in Boston, I wanted to be one thing and one thing only, given all the professional sports around here, the Bruins, the Celtics, the Patriots, the Red Sox and everything. I was just enamored by professional sports and I wanted to be a professional athlete. But unfortunately, because I was somewhat short in stature, I was always the last one cut when I went out for team sports or the last one picked when my friends picked sides. And that's why I started to run. But then I started, you know, people started giving me a chance to do this and to do that. So that's why I wanted to give back to kids in particular and and try to help them um, raise their level of self-esteem and self-confidence and believe in themselves. So I developed this whole dream big marathon challenge where I challenge kids to read 26 books. So that's education and literacy, run 26 miles. So that's health and fitness and do 26 acts of kindness, and that's um, philanthropy and giving back. So my whole foundation is based on that, the three pillars of life in my world, that is education, health and fitness, and giving back philanthropy. And that's what the foundation is built on. Fantastic. Where can we go to learn more about the foundation and to give? Yeah, just all you have to do is, you know, www.davemcgilveryfoundation.org and it'll explain it all. Fantastic. We'll put a link to that with the podcast. Thank you. Dave, again, fantastic talking to you. Um, you're an inspiration, man. I, I got to get running. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to run a marathon, but even to run like, what, a half mile, that might be good for me. So, uh, Whatever yeah. it takes. I mean, yeah. your game, you know, I have a motto in life, my game, my rules. So it's your game, your rules. You do what you feel you can do and what makes you feel good. And that's the that's the whole objective. Fantastic. Dave, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate right. it. Best of luck. Uh, have Thank a great you. night. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh, Dave McElvray, um, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Uh, I've been trying to get Dave on for a while, and uh, Dave said, hey, tonight's night, so uh, we did it. Uh, Craig, um, we're doing a little restructuring here. I had some changes okay. coming around. Uh, Peter and I are going to do a mock draft. Do you want to – you're probably not prepared. <laughs> so do you want me and Peter to do it and you comment on the picks? Uh, would that be better for you? Uh, how are you doing it? Because I could participate in, in whatever way. I mean – well, Pierre's going to draft first. I'm going to draft okay. second. 
And the big question is, do you want to draft third or do you want to be the commentator? You could be the Chris Berman or uh, I don't know who's. I can, I can draft. Um, Yeah, I can draft. Yeah. Let's roll with it then. So, okay. Um, Pierre, we're going to do, I don't know, maybe a minute, a pick. We want to make sure we get through the 31 and the rest of our time. Um, Pierre, how about if you go first? I'll go second. Craig will go third. Um, are you goes that order, Peter? Sure. Fantastic. All right, so let's start out with Peter. Um, it's the Carolina Panthers. Now, let's say this to be fair. Let's assume there's no trade, just for the sake of our draft. I got a feeling there'll be a fair number of trades tomorrow. But if, if we're negotiating trades, we might be here all night. So uh, let's start at number one. Uh, Pierre, what do you think the Carolina Panthers will do? What? I wish we had that little um, that sound that dun, 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 dun. that would be cool. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> with the with the number one with the number one pick of the twenty twenty NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. <laughs> all right, very good. Um, yeah, not. I don't know if it's a done deal yet, but I'm seeing a lot of people lean toward Young. Um, Pierre, did you see that story that happened on Reddit? Uh, somebody posted on Reddit, done deal, Will Levis is going number one. And <laughs> it got so much attention that the odds, I was reading that the odds for who people should pick number one actually went a little bit more toward Levis because everyone's like, oh, man, this must be true. I'm, I'm betting money on Levis. What do you think about that? Look, man, at this point, <laughs> you don't try to believe everything you read or try not to take things seriously at this point. Um, you just have to wait and see until tonight, tomorrow night. So, But I think Bryce Young is the clear-cut number one overall. Well, and the funny thing, it was a random Reddit user. I mean, it might be something different if it was like, you know, some guy from ESPN or somebody. But it just... It tells you how much people buy into crazy stuff. So, all right. Well, I got number two. And, and Pierre, I actually struggled with, with this one a little bit. Um, Houston's got needs all over the place. And I look at guys like um, Will Anderson. I look at the guy from Texas Tech, the defensive end. I'm hearing more and more about these guys are guaranteed studs. They're stars. Not quite sure about the quarterback. But although I think Davis Mills is getting better, I, I, no one is thinking Davis Mills is a franchise quarterback. So when you're that bad, you've got to get your franchise quarterback in place. And you can build around the franchise quarterback. I'm not sure if he's a franchise quarterback, but I think the best bet to become one after you picked up uh, Bryce Young is C.J. Stroud. So I'm going C.J. Stroud number two to Houston. What do you think? Well, for one thing, I don't think Davis Mills ain't going to get any better than what he has. I yeah. think he is who he is. Um, so and now – New head coach, new GM, you need a new quarterback franchise. So you got to build off of that. So, yeah, I think Houston, Texas, are definitely, I could definitely see get C.J. Stroud or whoever the best quarterback available. Sounds good. Craig, you have been uh, you've been preparing probably for the last, what, 20 seconds? <laughs> Not knowing what we were talking uh, about. You know, I mean, obviously I'm a football guy too. This is a tough pick, though. I get, I get the tough one because, the, you know, the Cardinals are probably looking at trading out, and I think that um, I wouldn't be shocked if they do. I think since we're we're sticking with the draft board as it is, 
I think they're going to go actually with, and this is going to be a wild card, Jalen Carter, I think. And because mm-hmm. I think they, they, they kind of need a, in the interior line right now. They could probably take Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech or maybe Will Anderson if they think he plugs in and can play in their defense. But I don't know. I think a new coach there, a coach that had great defensive tackle play at, at uh, Philadelphia, Jonathan Gannon, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, then again, Jalen Carter could be off their board because of some of the off-the-field issues, but I think talent-wise they're going to go with a guy like Jalen Carter. Um, Pure your opinion. Um, You know, we, we had Jalen Carter going anywhere in somewhat of this range. I, I think the experts, for what you believe, I'm hearing a lot of Willie Anderson, but, you know, Jalen Carter, if everything's right, he's, he's probably your best player on the board, period. What do you think about Arizona picking but number three? Um, you can definitely see Jalen Carter probably might go might go that high. Um, but there could be a possibility I could see Arizona actually trading back. Um, maybe maybe somewhere a few spots and still land Jalen Carter. So I don't think they didn't have to reach for him that high. And if they want to go Will Anderson, I mean, he's likely to you can argue he could be the best defensive player available, but the question about what Will Anderson is, where would you put him? Is he your is he your end? Is he your outside linebacker? Um, he's the guy you want on the edge, and that's what makes it a little bit complicated, especially with Arizona that runs a four three when he's clearly a more of a three four type of player. Okay, um, Pierre, this is an interesting pick coming up, number four with the Colts. You got it now, so what do you think? With the number four pick, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Very interesting. Um, what do you think if, you know, I, I think they're going quarterback either way. Um, what do you like better about Anthony Richardson than like Will Levis, who would be your other pick if you don't want Anthony Richardson? I um, really – I really think Anthony Richardson is a guy where you're really going high on his potential, and you're looking at his um, his talent and his and his stature because he doesn't really have a lot of experience because he only started 13 games, and he also um, he still got a lot of things he needs to work on because he's still raw as far as. The, he has everything that you want as a quarterback, size, per, arm strength. Um, people want to compare him to Cam Newton. I think he's probably twice the athletic as Cam Newton. Um, that could be a major debate about that. But I think that um, Indianapolis Colts for past, what, four or five years since Andrew Luck retired, they depended on the – they depended on veteran quarterbacks, and none of them have worked out. So I think they really need to look for their quarterback of the future. And now that with the new head coach, I think this is probably the best time to go for a guy that they can build upon. He might not necessarily be like um, – I think it's going to be shaky at first, but I think Anthony Richardson in the long run could probably be that franchise quarterback if things go right around him. And, you know, Colts really don't have anything else in a quarterback room of note. You know, a lot of people don't know if he could start day one. I think he almost has to start day one if he goes to the Colts. So, 
I don't know. I've got Oh, is Minshew a Colt now? Yeah, yeah, they got Gardner Minshew, which I mean is not much, but he can bridge the gap if you need to. You know, he can bridge the gap if you need some time for Richardson, which I think you probably do. But yeah, are you comfortable starting Gardner over Richardson to start and let Richardson get his feet wet, Craig? I mean, Peter. Um, if they feel like he's not ready. I think it will be just a matter of time if if he outshines him, if he outplays him during practices. I don't think you don't have a choice. Well, and if worst case scenario, Minshew at least could start for a time being. I mean, it's not like the crap they had the year before. Uh, all right, uh, let's keep it moving so we can. Uh, my bad, uh, taking so long there. <laughs> um, I got the Seahawks at five. I'm I'm cursing a little bit because I was hoping Dylan Carr would be there at five. He's not. Um, I'm not sure if Edge is their top need, but I think Will Anderson's their the next best. Hey, we know he's going to be good, so I, I'm gonna go to Lark and say Seahawks pick Will Anderson. So, a- any thoughts either way before we move on? Um, I think yeah. Since Will Anderson, no, since Jalen Carter is off the board, um, you probably would have gone the best player available route and so if Will Anderson is there I think you'll probably will figure it out I think probably Tyree Wilson probably would be a, a good fit too being that he's a I think you want him as a 4-3 guy and um, with his size at 6-7 but uh, so I think you couldn't go, go wrong with either or yeah and I think you could make an argument I, I've seen some people say Seahawks could look quarterback but yeah, I don't know it's tough so, well, um, Craig is a Lions fan. So, Craig is yeah. for his favorite team. Who should the Lions pick in this uh, situation? Well, I think with Anderson and Carter off the board, I think their dream scenario would be Carter because they need defensive interior help more than they need someone like Anderson, who, like Peter said, is more of a 3-4 edge rush. Lions run more traditional 4-3, although they mix it up a little bit. I think the Lions, you know, they traded Jeff Okuda. They, they signed Mosley to a one-year deal, but outside of Sutton, who they also signed, they don't really have a lot of cornerback depth moving forward, and I think that they're going to take one of the corners. I kind of feel like Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois is going to be their guy. He's a feisty, ball-hawking tackler. He, he plays a lot of press man coverage at Illinois, which is what the Lions run a lot of. I think Christian uh, Gonzalez is probably the bigger upside pick. But I feel like they they probably go with someone that maybe fits their culture and their system a little bit more, and I think that's Witherspoon. Yeah, I mean, I can see the Lions going cornerback, and you, you've got two or three good options, and Witherspoon's yeah. at least one of them. Um, Craig, you got the Raiders. Where is the I Raiders? Also we're, we're, we're doing it back-to-back oh, back no, here? No, no, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Peter, you got the Raiders. Uh, what do you got with them at seven? With the number seven pick. Uh, I have the Las Vegas Raiders select Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky. Ooh, okay. I think that's going to be a major curveball um, just because you may have Jimmy Garoppolo, but do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo? I think that's going to be the biggest question that's going to be up in the air. I, I think Jimmy is is your starter, 
but temporarily they still need your quarterback of your future. And I don't think Jimmy is it. I think the Raiders are just saying pretty. They don't necessarily have to go quarterback that way because they also need cornerback as well. But I think that if you want to get your quarterback like right away, I will try to get in the mix of one of those four and whoever's available, I will take advantage. I'll I'll take Will Levis. Okay. Um I'm cursing you up here because as the Falcons, I, I, I think they need a quarterback and um I, I was about to say Levis before you said that. So uh, man, I, I don't know what to do here. I mean I think the Falcons definitely need a receiver. Um I'm not sure if you should go that high for receiver. So I'm going to take a chance. Uh, Falcons put a lot of money into their defense. Why not do it again? I mean, Tyree Wilson, you spoke highly of him. You said he's, you know, could be as much as, much as a sure thing as uh, Jalen Carter. So they've really tried to revamp a defense. Why not revamp it more and add uh, Wilson? And so I got Wilson going eighth to the Falcons. Okay. Um, the Bears, Craig. Yeah, I think the Bears are, are always going to be looking for offensive line help for Justin Fields. It's too high to draft one of the wide receivers. I actually think they're going to stay in state. I think they're going to take Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. I know there's a big debate on whether or not he can play tackle with having shorter arms, but athletically he can play. At the very least, I think you move him inside to guard and you have at least an all like a at least a Pro Bowl caliber guard year after year possibly an all-pro caliber guard. Um, but I think they're going to try him out at tackle and see if it sticks, because I think he could stick at tackle in the, in the right system. Yeah. Pierre, it's interesting. I, I hear a lot about Paris Johnson. Uh, I've got the bug. Uh, the kid from Georgia is going up high, too. Uh, would shock if Skoransky goes a little bit higher than those guys? No, it wouldn't surprise me, because Skoransky has always been – um, want to want a high draft pick for offensive line or be the first offensive line taken just because of his pedigree as an All American, and I think Chicago Bears definitely look closer, look a lot, but probably evaluate him closer to being that he's right up the river. So, um, I I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if um they take Skron Skronowski, and um yeah I, I'm definitely with Craig as far as um the short arms being a concern, but one thing that um they really love about him that he's a mauler. And I think a guy who is very aggressive inside and can take guys down, even with short arms, you, you Jonah Williams have short arms and that didn't stop him from laying left tackle. So it's definitely not ideal to, um, it's really not ideal for a, a guy with short arms to play at the tackle spot. But at least if Peter Skronsky has, um, is open to playing other positions other than left tackle or maybe put him at right or maybe put him at guard and William I think is a is a slam dunk pick. Very good. Uh, Peter, you got the Eagles. Eagles, uh, you know, they got that pick from the Saints. They're pretty deep and they're they're picking number 10. Where do you see them going? I see a couple options opening up from now. I know exactly what they're gonna pick. Ooh, okay. With, with the number with the number 10 pick, I got the Philadelphia Eagles select. B. John Robinson. Okay. Very good. Interesting. B. John Robinson is the best. I think he's arguably the best player in the draft. And I think what's also was perfect for Philadelphia Eagles, for one, 
they lost Miles Sanders to free agency, so they got the address to running back. And it's not like the and it's also the Eagles don't have a ton of needs. They really don't. They right. It's it's just coming right after the playing in the Super Bowl. You got every everyone in attack. I I think probably the only thing that's going to be that they're going to focus on is death, especially at the defensive line spot. But if you, but I think right now at the number ten, you got to give someone who can contribute right away and can take the heat off of Jalen Hurts because you don't want him to run around a lot and take um as much carries. Take someone who's a pounder and who can go downhill and get all those yards and open up the passing game, and that's Bijan Robinson. All right, I got the uh, Titans at number 11. I'm going to go a little bit different direction. Um, a lot of people think the Titans could be trading up. Uh, maybe they're a partner with the Cardinals. Um, here they want a quarterback. I'm assuming they stay 11, which I don't think they will. Yeah, Hendon Hooker's getting a lot of praise lately, and he's from Tennessee. I know uh, the Titans aren't really that into Malik Willis anymore. They're not super crazy about Ryan Tannehill. Hooker's a little bit older. Maybe Hooker can challenge Tannehill a little bit. So I'm going to go a little surprised. Not sure if he's worked out for Tennessee, but I'm going to say Hooker 11 to Tennessee. Everybody here in Middle Tennessee is going crazy, Chris, because of this. I can hear them outside my walls. Yeah. Well, and there's some options. There's a couple guys that are dropping <laughs> like a fly, but it, it has it has been talked about on sports talk radio down here in Nashville. So okay, it is not. Now I will say that at, at eleven, it's maybe a little over. But there have been people saying that he's not going to make it out outside the top twenty. So I, I guess if he's your guy, he's your guy, and you go get him. So um, yeah. Yeah, you can't always guarantee that if you wait or you try to trade back in, it's going to happen. Um, number 12, Houston. Ah, I don't know, Craig. I, uh, I your think, first pick is Stroud. So yeah, I think you're going to get Stroud, his, his college. I think they were roommates, but at least his teammate, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I think you you try to pair him up. They traded Brandon Cooks in the offseason. They, they need some weapons for their new young quarterback. And I think this is a, a great pick here. It's kind of like the maybe not quite the same level, but Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Here you get teammates going back to you know playing the NFL with each other. I think this is a pretty good spot for Injigba. Maybe even Tennessee at eleven if they decide to not take Hendon Hooker. But um, yeah, I think I think this is a good pairing. I think you get some comfort level there with both people. And, you know, I think Jackson's, Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of those guys where he might not be a blow-the-top-off-the-defense type of guy, but he's going to run great routes, he's going to get open, and he's probably going to have, like, a good 10-, 11-, 12-year career doing just that. Very interesting. And uh, Pierre is a high State guy. I'm frustrated because, man, where could Jackson live win if he could only stay healthy this year? Could you imagine if he had another year like he did last year? He's probably top five, right? Uh, probably, I'll say top ten, maybe not necessarily top five because how low the defense is. But I think he'll probably be somewhere in the top ten range. Okay. Um. Let's see, uh, Pierre, you're at thirteen, right? Yes. Uh, you got the Green Bay Packers thanks to this Aaron Rodgers thing that Pierre and I have talked about for the past seems like six months. It's not resolved. <laughs> And Green Bay, part of the big trade, they have the 13th pick now. Where do you think they go? 
So for the Green Bay Packers, I got them selecting. I got them selecting. I'm gonna go with Dante Kincaid from Utah. Okay. Um, this was something I was bounding back and forth of who's gonna be the first tight end taken because I was really thinking about Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. I was thinking of Darnell Washington, um, but I think Dalton Kincaid is probably the best complete tight end right now. Um, and they need weapons. They're gonna now that Jordan now that Jordan Love is their quarterback. Now they're going to have to surround him with as much weapons as possible. You know, and and they got it, and they pretty got a solid um, wide receiving core right now with um, Romeo Dobbs and um, Christian Watson, um, Aaron Jones in the backfield. But you want to continue to surround it with more talent as possible. Um, now that you're going in different directions, now that Aaron Rodgers gone, so um, make it a lot easier for your quarterback. And um, that I would go with Dante Kincaid. They they don't even have a tight end, so I'm going. With, so it might as well. You know, in this draft, um, the top four quarterbacks are gone by eleven. Are, are they that much in love with Jordan Love? Like, say, say a quarterback falls. Do you think they say, "Man, let's try heading the hooker instead," or do you think it's Jordan Love's show either way? To be honest with you, I don't even know Hannah Hooker is going to be in the first round. I think, I think they will probably wait it out if they want to. But I think they they know Jordan Love. They've seen. They've wanted to see Jordan Love for a long time. They want to give him a shot because he never got a chance because of Aaron Rodgers. So, um, and because he's been in that system for a long time, I think they want to let him at least, at least, at least try to see if um, he can be their quarterback of the future. I mean, it's not that ideal because Aaron Rodgers had to wait his turn for the last four years um, after um, Brett Favre. Um, maybe it could be the same result for Jordan Love. I think they should. I think they'll give him a shot. All right. Um, I got to Patriots of fourteen. Um, you know, there's a guy we haven't called the name yet that's dropping a little bit. Um, I, I'm seeing the Patriots get linked up with some edge guys. Um, I like Dolan Smith. Um, you know, I see a lot of places he was going to go top ten. He's still there, so I'm going to have New England pick him at fourteen. Interesting pick. I kind of, I, I kind of think they're going to go tackle, especially if Paris Johnson's available, or I, I don't know. It makes sense, but you know, with Johnson or Jones on the board, now you're kind of if you're the Jets, you're probably whatever, whichever guy you like out of those two, you're probably you know running your card up immediately. Um, and since I'm the Jets, I'm going to run my card up immediately on you. And I'm going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. He's super athletic, got that frame that you – the classic left tackle frame. I think maybe Broderick Jones has just as much upside, but I don't know. You know, Paris Johnson just kind of looks the part. And I think uh, I think the Jets are going to value that, that classic 6'6", 6'7", 315-pound left tackle that, you know, has the athleticism to, to be able to block some of these really nasty edges, you know, these edge defenders – in the NFL. So I'm going Paris Johnson Jr. at number 15. So the Jets essentially get their quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. They trade back two picks in the pick swap. And I think they still probably get the guy they wanted all along. Yeah, I, I think it's surprising if Johnson lasts that long. But, you know, as we are finding out now, it just depends on what guys, where guys pick. Right. Um, and speaking of that, um, 
Peter, you got the Washington Commanders at 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple guys that are still out there. I wonder where you think they would go, though. Mm, that's that's pretty tricky, too. Um, for the 16 pick on Washington Commanders, um, I got the Washington I got the Washington Commander select uh, um, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Okay. I I think that's another team that really needs a tackle as well, um, especially on their right side. I think having someone who can um, who can protect you on that offensive line, continue to build that offensive line, knowing that you're likely going to have have quarterback issues. But I think you want to st- I. Because I don't know exactly who's going to be the starter. Will it be Sam Howell? Will it be Jacoby Brissett? Um, but I think I think Donnell Wright is probably the best offensive line available. Um, now that Paris Johnson is gone, Skrowski is gone, I think um, Donnell Wright, I think he's the perfect fit. If you've if you seen Donnell Wright played in person, you will see why he's got, he's being rated that high. Man, you could just images watch the Alabama – Alabama tape. He's a beast. He's, yeah, he's he, the guy he Will Anderson. Yeah, Will Anderson. You you would have thought that he didn't even show up. He did show up. It was just in Donald Wright's lap. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go next. I, I got the Steelers. Wow, I get to pick yeah, for my team. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I'd be anguished if I'm the Steelers. Right I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. if I'm the Steelers, I'm torn between two guys. I'll say him. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, I, I have a hard time believing he's still going to be there at 17. But, you know, draft falls funny ways. And just because you see him mocked earlier, it doesn't mean he's going to last earlier. But the guy, Jones from Georgia, um, read a lot of beat writers, and they're saying, you know, a lot of protective seals to try to trade up and either go after Jalen Carter or uh, uh, Paris Johnson or, or maybe Christian Gonzalez. I keep hearing if one of the big tackles is there, they're going after him. And I know they really like Paris Johnson, but they also like Broderick Jones. And Broderick Jones available, I, I think there'll be a lot of consternation because they, they're they comparing Christian Gonzalez to Rob Woodson. And Rod is pretty revered over in Stewart's land. But I think they end up going with Jones because the tackle is there, and they got Jones in their top two tackles. So I think they're going Broderick Jones. But it's going to be a really, really hard pick for him. Yeah, that board kind of fell right where they'd like it. Two top corners. One really, you know, could go in the top ten. Christian Gonzalez could go to the Lions at six, and then Broderick Jones. I mean, obviously the Steelers are always looking for help on the offensive line. So, you know, your Steelers are in a good spot there in our mark in the mock draft. They have a and plus they have the thirty second pick, so they really they're in, they're in a good spot. I think. Well, honestly, I honestly thought that yeah, we would go Joey Porter Jr. Just because he's a legacy guy. Yeah, he's I'm, right there. He's I, right there. I and you could have had him right there. Oh, I, I think they go. Well, he's a legacy guy. And, you know, Tom likes his legacy guys. Uh, but, man, in my opinion, if I was a GM, if I'm definitely going corner and Gonzalez and Porter there, I, I like Gonzalez a lot. Yeah, Gonzalez is, out, is still there. So, yeah, I definitely understand. Um, now, let me throw this out, Chad. Again, we're running a little short in time, so I don't want to get too much of this. But, Craig, you're actually picking next for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Man, if I'm the Steelers and I, I'm sweating going, on oh, picking Jones, I'm like, holy crap, I'd love to get Gonzalez too. Would the Lions trade back? Oh, yeah, get- they would. 
Well, well, here's the deal. You think the Lions yeah. take this, and we're not going to do a trade. But if right. this scenario drops out, Peter, uh, give your opinion on this too. Steelers have 32. Steelers have 49. Uh, is it smart for for them to offer 32 and 49 for 18? I don't know if that's a smart. I wouldn't offer 32 and 49 without getting like something back, like maybe a, a pick in the 80, 7, you know, 80, 90 range. Like sometimes you see those like swaps where you, because I, I think the value would probably be for 32 to 18, you're probably thinking maybe a third round pick, not necessarily like a pick in the 40s. Well, here, I mean, if you're willing to offer it, I'll take it. I mean, as a well, lion. Well, here's the challenge, Peter. Man, if you can get Jones and Gonzalez, man, that'd be crazy. What do you think it would take if something like that happened? I think it's gonna be very tricky. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think the Detroit Lions are probably better off just staying put. I don't know if they would um, think about trading back um, unless they really like someone else somewhere in the late first or second round range, but. I've, if I'm Detroit Lions, I just continue stay with put and get another top defensive guy if necessary. Okay. So, Pierre, well, I mean, I'm sorry, Craig, um, since we're not doing any trading, who Lions yeah. pick 18? I think the, the dream scenario would be if they take Carter at six and then for some reason Gonzalez fit, you know, falls to 18. But in this case, I think we're going to go in reverse and we're going to get Kalasia Cansey, the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. I don't know that he necessarily fits what the Lions do in their 4-3, but as a as a disruptor up front, might remind Brad Holmes, the GM, a little bit of Aaron Donald because of the undersized, you know, quick feet, quick hands, powerful base. I think Kalasia Kansi has has kind of inspired some of those those thoughts. So I think if they stay put and this is how the board's falling, this could be a pick. Um, Peter at 19, the Buccaneers, they, they probably hope to be able to draft 10 guys at that spot because they got a lot of holes. Uh, where do you think they go at 19? I say Broderick Jones from Georgia. Well, well I, Jones is off the board. yeah, he's with the Steelers. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. That I, I thought, um, I thought Christian Gonzalez went there, but um. To the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, since Bradley Jones is off the board, I'll go with. Uh, hmm, that's kind of tricky now. I'm gonna go with. Man. Yeah, I shouldn't wrote I shouldn't wrote this down. Okay, I'm. This probably might be a curveball, mm-hmm. but I, this this might be a bit of a curveball here. Um, since the 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 Buccaneers need to tackle so badly, I'm probably gonna go with Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Okay. Yeah. They, they. I think I was gonna either pick him or probably Anton Robinson. He's another good tackle. Um, who's been high as well, but since all the other tackles are gone, um, I, I just got to find the best tackle available because they, without Don, you already lost Donovan Smith. You have to go and gotta go with um the best tackle available. And if you ain't got 
it's either that or maybe you can try to look at quarterback. But I, w- I was hoping that uh, I was going to wait for Hendon Hooker to be there too. But, I mean, Chris, you already got him picking pick um, early. So yep. that would put him in another option too. So that's why it was a little bit tricky. I'm in a good position at 20 if the Seahawks – because I picked Willie Anderson, but I'm like, man, they might need a quarterback. You still got good quarterbacks here. So I'm going to get Christian Gonzalez at 20 and send him to Seattle. So, man, Willie Anderson, Christian Gonzalez is a good haul for Seattle. Very much. Uh, 21, Craig, you got the Chargers. Yeah, I think the Chargers could go a variety of ways here. But I, I, I think you see maybe a little bit of a run here on the corners. I wouldn't be shocked if Deontay Banks is the guy, but I, I'm thinking that they're going to try to fortify their their receiving core. I, I think they're either going to go Jordan Addison or uh, Zay Flowers with a pick right here. I think they're going to go with Zay Flowers. Very good. Um, you know, Pierre, we've talked about the Ravens a lot. They're at 22. Where do you see them going? The Ravens also need some corners as well, um, so you you want to you just you want to look for an, an aggressive quarter, and um, since he's on the board, I'm going with Joey Porter Jr. Okay, it's gonna I, I think it's gonna be a divisive now that yeah. he's he's, he's driving to the enemy, but um, they need a hard aggressive corner because you don't have Marcus Peters anymore and. Everyone other is like in their thirties. You need a young guy out there, a young bull like Joey Porter, who can who can shut people down. He good use of his hands, and who can just put guys in an island and be a non-factor. So size, everything, a excellent tackler. Yeah, I think Joey Porter will fit perfectly. It's just it's gonna be bittersweet because I'm sure a lot of Steelers fans are like. Why didn't we get him? He's a he's from he's from here. He's a Pittsburgh guy. His dad played here, so yeah, Joy Porter. I I think Minnesota needs receivers, but I I've been looking at this guy and he's still there. A lot of people think he's going to be gone earlier, so I think they picked the best player available, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Hmm. I'm, I'm not even sure if it's a need for them. But I'm thinking they could use a receiver. I think there's receivers available later in the draft. But, man, you're not going to get a Lucas Van Ness um, later in the draft. So I'm going to throw a curveball and say Minnesota just gets the best player available. All right, who's next? Jacksonville at me. This is one of those picks where I think they're going to pick more for need than they are going to be picking for someone that really fits in this, like, position in the draft. So I think, you know, you might get a plug-and-play starter from day one based on need, but Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, could be a good fit here for Jacksonville. They need a little bit of help on offensive line. I, I think Osiris Torrance might be a guy that they uh, they target here and um, maybe even have stolen from some of the teams that need guards there later in the first round. All right. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff about, I'm hearing about him. Uh, the Giants, Peter? 25? The New York Giants, I got them selecting. The New York Giants, I got them getting. I think the New York Giants, they they need help at their receiving core as well. So, um, Zay Flowers is gone. Am I correct? 
Yes. Yes. Safe Flowers is gone. So I will probably go with maybe Jordan Addison. Um, that Jordan Addison may not necessarily have the ideal size, but he's he's the guy who he will look, I think, with his speed and his um, who can um make plays from open field, um, in in, in spaces one on one, um, and good uses of hands. Um, I I think Jordan Addison could uh maybe that top playmaker the Giants needed. All right, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Um. Seeing there's a need for them at uh, tight end, uh, you lost Dalton Schultz. Uh, get some guys to help, you know, Dax Prescott. Um, I like Darnell Washington. I think he's got good receiving. I think he can block well. So I'm going to go Darnell Washington, 26 of Dallas. Well, and I have Buffalo, and, you know, Buffalo could go – some different positions here. I think they're probably going to target a corner. Deontay Banks from Maryland is a press corner. Um, very aggressive. I think I think the Bills are going to go defense here. And I think at this point, there's no real interior players that are out there that could really fit this spot. And linebackers, same. It's kind of a weaker linebacker class. And linebackers, kind of a position devalued these days. So I think they'll go with the cornerback with Deontay Banks. 28 to Bengals. Uh, Peter, what do you think? I think this would have been a, the best one to go for a corner, but um, I will probably go with Cincinnati Bengals. I got them selecting Keely Ringo from Georgia. Okay. I think, I think you continue to look at that secondary, and um, – that was probably one of the weak point on that defense is their secondary just because of um, death issues, um, injuries. Um, you just want to get that young guy out there and kill Ringo. I think he probably has probably the biggest upside out there. So I think they go Keelan Ringo, Georgia. All right. Uh, Saints, I got Saints at 29. Um, they got some receivers, but, um, you know, Chris Olave can't catch everything. So, uh, I like the Quentin Johnson saw out there, so I'll go Quentin Johnson, uh, 29 to the Saints. And with Philadelphia at number 30, I'm actually going to take Brian Branch. This is more of a need, I think, you know, with Peter giving uh, them Bijan Robinson at number 10, which was sort of a need, but also sort of a luxury pick and just getting a talented player at a, at a pick that they normally wouldn't have had. I think number 30 kind of falls with it where they like it. You know, they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Lions. I think Brian Branch would fill that role as sort of that nickel slot corner. I think Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama, that can kind of do a little bit of everything, much like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, whom they just lost. So Brian Branch out of uh, Alabama to the Eagles. All right, Pierre 31, the Chiefs. I got um, the Kansas Chiefs. I got them selecting um, – I'm going with Brian Brees from Clemson. Okay. I think um, I think building that, that defensive front, someone who can be a good complimentary to Chris Jones, um, I think will be a, a, a pretty solid pick, someone who can probably be probably pretty good inside and out. So – I think this will be a good complimentary on the defensive front. 
Steelers beat Rams in the post because that like uh, reading thinks that he won't last past 17 if he's still there for the Steelers. I'm not sure if I believe that, but I hear a lot of good things about him. All right. Now, the, well, Steelers, the Steelers would be next. Do you have a wild card pick that you would pick at the uh, at number 32? Um, looking yeah. at the board? Yeah, you caught me off guard here. Let me see if I can find something for you real quick. Um, I hadn't picked what? The tackle? Yeah, um, Roger Jones at 17. Uh, who's your next? Who's the next best corner? Would you say, Peter? Um, Manuel Forbes is still out there. I mean, he's he's small, but man had like six picks. So you need you need, you need a turnover machine with a lot of speed. Manuel Forbes is your guy, but I don't know if he'll be the ideal fit there. But I think if you're looking for a corner, oh, can probably who could probably be like an outside. More of a field corner, not more of a boundary. Um, I think Emmanuel Ford could be the best corner available right now. Okay, I mean that's probably where I'm going next. I, I got a feeling like they had a weird press conference. They're actually open with what they were doing, which usually you don't see people do it over the draft. Uh, they said 32 is out there, and um, you know, man, I would be surprised if if they trade around a little bit. Or, or Chris. Or Chris, if you want a big, you're looking for a big aggressive corner, probably look at Julius Brandt from Kansas State. Okay, that might be that might be a Pittsburgh Steeler fit there. I I'm thinking, you know, so they got Patrick Pearson in the um, free agency. Um, he's more of an edge guy, like an outside guy to inside. If they get a corner, I think they're going to get a corner that either is a slot guy or is flexible enough to play slot. Because I don't see Pearson playing slot next year. You know. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah Brent's man, he's got some he's got some upside. He's big and he's kind of like what you would love to to see in those new age corners. I mean Yep. Oof. Well, it doesn't want to tackle the definitely a corner. I mean, I think uh Pearson helps, but man, AFC is a quarterback factory. You need three quality guys. Right now they got you know, Patterson and or, I mean I'm sorry, Pearson and Levi Wallace, but they don't have that much behind them, so I think you'll see a corner go pretty early. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It was fun. Um, let's do some promos. Um, Pierre, what can we read at camprep.com? Now, you got some USFL coverage you're talking about beforehand. Yeah, I'm go- I've been doing a lot of profile on some of the players, so I'll get to know some of the USFL guys. If you're Pittsburgh Maulers or New Jersey Generals fans, um, be on the lookout for some Q&As with some of the players and get to know them a little bit. Um, outside of that, um, probably look at some of the Star County guys who are likely might get drafted. Um, so you can just look at all the features that I read about them and some guys that are likely are maybe not day two, maybe day three picks. Um, so probably won't make it like a short Star County players to watch. I think you've already talked to Ruben Foster, but next time you see him, you got to tell him, uh, to look toward the Steelers, or maybe his agent can put in the call. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind seeing Ruben uh, Foster come cheap to the Steelers. That'd be great. Well, I'll say this. Um, I think he's still a little shooken up after getting run over by a, a, a 210 running back. It was like my height. Um, I, I'll send you a video of that. It, it okay. was. It was. You can hear 
you can literally hear it from your own phone phone screen. Well, um, I, I I read a chat from the guy I like who covers the Steelers, and someone actually asked about Ruben Foster. And the guy's like, "Is he playing for the Mullers?" Like he had no idea what the guy's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that beat writers know everything, but uh, I don't think he. Uh, I don't think the series has been talking about the beat right. I had no idea he was playing there. Um, Craig, anything going on with you? No, actually, it's kind of a slow week for uh, for movies. Uh, George is actually going to be watching a movie instead of being oh. able to podcast tomorrow. So, unfortunately, no George. Uh, Bob, we are. I think he's probably still recovering from his uh, his vacation to the Northeast. So, Bob, we're going to take one more week off, but uh, we will have some updated movies next week with Bob for sure. And we'll definitely be talking to George about the guardians of the galaxy volume three next week. Wow. Good stuff. Um, busy week for me. Uh, check out what I do for Mahoney matters. Craig, we put out like 13 stories today. There's two of us. It was kind of, it was nuts. I (laughs) think I wore my reporter out. It was tough, Uh, but I wrote some too. It was good. Uh, But no, lots of stuff on there. Uh, if you like content, you, you'll love it. A lot of content for you to check out. Um, later tonight, uh, doing a Steelers podcast, we're going to do a mock draft of the Steelers picks. We're not doing the rest of the teams. So check that out. And got a lot of crazy, goofy stories to talk about. I'm excited to with those guys, too. So that's what's going on for me. All right. Well, guys, thanks for the flexibility. Uh, we had... We had to adjust some stuff, but I appreciate you guys kind of being flexible at the last minute. Uh, Dave McElvery uh, from the Boston Marathon. It was fun having him on. Uh, we'll put the link to his uh, charity. Check it out. Uh, again, I m- was mistaken to think he was a cancer survivor. He had open-heart surgery, uh, but he's helping out people with cancer. Great story. I like Dave a lot. So, All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for Peter and Craig. This is Chris. Thanks for checking out our show. Have a great night, everybody.